When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, Bulls Nation? Welcome into the CHGO Bulls Podcast presented to you by PointsBet. Don't forget that promo code CHGO when signing up to live your bad life. I'm back. You can follow me on Twitter. At Bulls underscore pack, this is my guy Big Dave. He is at Bow, the NWL Sports in the Magic Circle. Will for the Goat Gottlieb is at Won't Gottlieb on Twitter. If you can't find him, just look at the squiggly arrows. They're pointing right at him. Did you put the meat up? Did, did the meat pack come up? Did Mm-mm. I miss that? We don't, we don't need to do that every time. Did he time. say his name yet? He said he's, he says his first every time. Every time. How come? How come? And the guy the throwing up weird shit on your screen is our producer and our pal Joey <laughs> Rocking the controls per usual. Uh, Will, how are you, sir? I'm good. I am just hung out on the beach for a little bit. I'm I'm having a good time out here, man. Mm. He does look happy. Dude. I heard. I heard. Is it raining really bad? I saw Nick Moriano got stuck in a monsoon today. What's going on? Yeah, it lasted for about. Three minutes, yeah. but it was crazy downpour here in Chicago. It was the three We're, minutes I ran across the street to get a sandwich. Oh, 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 Joey got caught in the rain. Oh, man. Do you Brutal. like pina coladas? <laughs> Tell me you get that reference, Joey. Yeah, I know the song. All right. Just checking. All right. Had to Just check him. Had to check him, man. For the uh, all right. So more fun stuff on deck today. We are going to continue our offseason evaluations of other Eastern Conference teams. We're talking Embiid, Harden, and the Sixers today. But before we get to that, uh-huh. you guys may have seen it, maybe not yet. Hoops Hype has just recently been releasing their top 25 rankings at each position for this upcoming NBA season. Yes. We're going to start with point guards. Point guards! And where Lonzo Ball ended up in those rankings and discuss if maybe he should have been higher and discuss uh, a little bit in depth any issues we may have with where these rankings ended up. So, top 25 list, Joel Embiid comes in at number 21, gentlemen. Uh, ahead of Kyle... Kyle Lowry at 25, Josh Giddy at 24, mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell 23, Russell Westbrook still in the league, still doing Russ things Russ. at 22. Now, I, I want to share with you what Hoops Hype had talking about Lonzo in their rankings, which is that in, injury concerns did factor into Lonzo Ball's place in these rankings. Sure. 
with the Bulls publicly showing some concern still regarding what's going on with Lonzo. If not for that, Ball would surely rank higher on the list as the 24-year-old was playing some of the best basketball of his career prior to getting injured last season. So there is that stipulation. Were it fully healthy, no concerns, Lonzo would have been higher than 21 on this list. Even still, gentlemen, how do we react to where Lonzo is placed? Uh, I was cool with it, honestly. Uh, strictly for that reasoning right there. When I saw him at 21, I said, okay, well, it has to be because he's injured. And then I saw the people behind him, and I was like, that's fair. <laughs> I was like, all of that is fair. I was like, Westbrook's not ahead of him? Fine. You, you know what I mean? It's okay. Marcus Smart was immediately ahead of him. At 20. At 20. And I was like, okay, defensive player of the year, <laughs> went to the finals, starting guard. Not mad at any of that. It didn't upset me. Um, and, it, and I just knew, looking at it, it was like, okay, well, yeah, it's because of injury. Because if you look at the numbers, Joey, do you have those uh, numbers I sent you for, for Lonzo Ball? I sent Joey some numbers there for Lonzo. This is courtesy of uh, NBA uh, University. I brought, actually, I brought this here for Will because Will's a numbers guy. Uh, just looking at Lonzo Ball's splits right there, his perimeter shooting splits, and wearing the percentile and the grade he was given for those, mm -hmm. it's just damn impressive <laughs> when I looked at that. The, the one that, for me, that always stands out is the three-point shooting uh, in the 93rd percentile. Right. Getting, getting, getting fat A on that, strictly because we remember where he was when he first started, and as Matt likes to point out, how trash his shot looked when he first got in the league. Um, but that three-point attempt rate was also amazing, amazing to me, and the three-point shot making and the three-point shot creation mm -hmm. also, I also enjoyed, and that perimeter shooting uh, that he put in as well. So high marks across the board pretty much for Lonzo, being, showing his value as a shooter. As a point guard, we already know his value. We right. know what he brings to the floor. Um, and as he does, and Will, you know my favorite word, Will. You know my favorite word, sir. What do I always tell you without what I look for? What do I love, Will? You love so many things. How am I supposed to get this? When it comes to point guards, Will. Well, I knew this the, one. Point guardsmanship. Point guardsmanship, Will. Point guardsmanship, sir. Yes, sir. I love That's some point guardsmanship. And Lonzo Ball has that in spades in that point guardsmanship. The game within the game that he plays for the Chicago Bulls on both ends of the floor. He's playing a game within a game, and he's seeing things uh, three steps ahead on both sides of the ball. So, yeah, I think next year if he remains healthy, God willing, knock on wood, that he's okay, he should be higher up on this list, Will. And going forward, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pleased uh, with Lonzo Ball. Well, you said – things you love to say, things I love to hear are, is you talking about three point attempt rate and give me all these, uh, these rate stats. I love to hear that. Yeah. So, um, for me, Lonzo, obviously like you guys know me, I'm a huge Lonzo Stan. I believe his value to this team is just tremendous, like as big as anybody else's. But I think these rankings are just kind of silly in terms of like, basically like the idea is that you try to contextualize players, right? And so you put them in categories. This is point guard, this is shooting guard, small forward, et cetera. And Lonzo, like if you look at some of the other players on this list, Lonzo doesn't do any of the same things, right? Like De'Aaron Fox, Darius Garland, Lamella Ball, all these guys have the ball in their hand. They're running the offense. And I don't really think Lonzo does that. To me, I've always said that he's more like a three and D wing who's a great passer or a point forward who's a great shooter. And so I think he kind of fits into a separate box. And that's why basketball is sort of positionless now, right? Like people don't really think about traditional positions with they used to. So he is listed as a point guard. And I agree with you, Dave, like 
I think it's pretty fair where he is. Um, also, defense does not seem to be valued very much in this ranking as the defensive player of the year is like in the 20s and Lonzo, who I think is like one of the best defensive players in the league. So maybe, uh, you know, health considering, like maybe you could put him there. I think he's a little bit better just based on his defensive value. But again, you know, it's just, it's tricky to to rate him as a point guard and be happy with where he's placed because he just doesn't do a lot of what some of these other point guards do. Yeah, the one that sticks out to me when I saw what you just said, Will, which is that, uh, oh, wow, not a whole lot of value for the defensive side in these rankings is that they have Drew Holiday 10th. Mm. Like, and look, may, maybe some people think Holiday's overrated. I, I still think he's one of the more underrated point guards in this league when you think about everything he does for the Bucks on both ends of the floor and definitely defensively. Um, there is one issue I have when it comes to players ranked ahead of Lonzo. Oh, okay. Can you guys guess who it is? One issue you have. It, is it Chris Paul? No, it's not. <laughs> okay. As much as I hate Chris Paul, he deserves to be ranked <laughs> Where um, he is in the top we'll, ten. Is it, we'll just on the is side it Ben of, Simmons? Yes, <laughs> it is Ben Simmons. This is ranking point guards. True. Ben Simmons is not even a basketball player currently. <laughs> what is he doing on this list? I When's guess, the last time he played basketball? The fifties? <laughs> I guess they're assuming going into this year when he's when he's going to actually play. They're like he's still a, a top 20 point guard. He's not playing basketball. He's, he's too busy with like three different pottery classes. I don't know what the hell he's doing. Pottery classes. Uh, Will, Pottery's Will did... fun, man. Don't don't knock pottery. It's okay. not as fun as basketball, Will. <laughs> Come on. Uh, yeah, you're probably right about that. <laughs> Will, Will did, you have, did you have an issue with Luca being number one on this list? Um, I mean, I think... He's probably one or two with him and Steph. I, I'm I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, where where did Steph end up? Is Steph even on? Two. Steph, Steph is two. two. Luca is one, and it's ridiculous. You should have a problem yeah. with it. Steph Curry's one of the greatest players of all time, and he's still clearly playing at Again, peak levels. Watching that playoff like run, a- who who knocked out Luca and the Mavs in the conference finals? Oh, would that be Steph? Yeah, I believe it would be. Also, their entire reasoning—if you didn't read this hoops hype column and these—the reasoning for their rankings. Most of their reasoning for having Luca number one was like, well, it looks like this is finally the offseason where he's coming into the season in shape and like shared a picture of him on the bench during a game for Serbia where he like looks like a, he has a slightly larger bicep. <laughs> number one. It, it is funny how like last season was the reason why Lonzo was further down because like he wasn't healthy. But then next season is the reason why Luca is higher up because he's going to be better because he's younger. Yeah, I mean Steph is Steph is he should be like the default number one for as long as he's playing at the same level that he is right now, which seems like it could go until he's forty. But uh, I mean, Luca is just outrageous. They're again totally different styles of players, where Steph doesn't have the ball in his hands quite as much, and Luca is like that James Harden style, LeBron style. I have the ball every single possession, everything revolves around me. So it's just it's just to- totally different and kind of hard to compare some of these guys based on positions. Yeah, true. And I like I I don't think it affected me as much as, as it did Matt having Luca at at number one um, for those reasons. Like I'm like, damn, he's has the ball all the time and he affects literally everything the Mavericks do. True. Period. All of it. It does not work without him. He can't be off ball. He can't do none of that. He has to have the basketball, and he's got to run the show, and he hits the most difficult shots, 
and he creates the most open shots for his teams, as far as three-pointers are concerned. Mm-hmm. Like, we saw, I saw those stats. They, they put out those stats. Right. Just how many guys, uh, top five in the league, you know, open three-point shots? And, right. like, three or four I'm of them were I'm pretty sure Dw- Dwight Powell has the most open yeah, threes this right. past season. Because <laughs> Luka has that much gravity. Exactly. Like, three or four of them were Maverick players. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's all indirect because of Luka Doncic. So, I don't think it affected me as much, but I still would have Steph number one. If, if you're asking me the question because of the reasons you just stated. I, I love this comment from Adam going back to Ben Simmons. said maybe he's taking a basket weaving class. Got to make baskets somehow. Hey, there you go. Um, How you feel about basket weaving, Will? <laughs> Never <laughs> which, tried Which it. would you guys rather do, basket weaving or pottery? I've done neither, so I don't know. I don't know. Pottery for sure. I, I did a pottery class this past winter. It was really fun. Is that why Will looks like Patrick Swayze? Like it could be because I'm thinking of him in Ghost right now doing some pottery. Okay, it's someone did, new every day. Did you did you did you receive a Yesterday passing grade from your pottery class? Today, Patrick Swayze. Swayze's better. <laughs> you gotta take Swayze. Or at least yeah, at least we're trending upwards. Yes, sir. We're, we're growing. We're growing. I think I would rather do basket weaving. Than pottery? Yeah. Why is that? Because, you know, I feel like it would be cool to weave shit in and out. And also, like pottery, your hands are just gooey. Yeah. You're just covered in, covered in clay. Well, well t- Will can expound it. Will, what's, what's some fun about pottery? Well, for one, I am definitely a very neat and clean person. And so pottery f- kind of freaked me out in that way because you're right. But if you just lean into it and you're just going to be messy and have clay all over you for two hours and you're just going to accept it and be okay with it, it's really fun. Um, I've never tried basket weaving, so I guess I, I need to compare it. But I really enjoyed pottery. I thought it was a lot of fun. The, the spinning table weirds me out. Freaks me out. What if it gets out of control, cool. you know? <laughs> that that just has happened. Goes on, you just, just goes on a tear, breaks everything in its path. I don't like it. I don't flat, trust a spinning sure. table. I think it's because Matt can't have one hand free to drink a beer while he's doing pottery. I think that may be the reason. I don't know if you yeah, can, he can basket weave one-handed either. Right. No, <laughs> I'm saying, yeah, right. You feel me, Will? He can do that, you know what I mean, like that, and then stop and pick it up. But he can't stop, you know, and grab a beer during pottery because his hands are covered in he clay. He can have a steak in one hand, taking a bite <laughs> out of it and weaving. <laughs> um, okay, going back to Lonzo for a minute before we move on and talk about the Sixers. Um the other thing that they pointed out in this hoop hype rankings is just how much Lonzo did bring to the Bulls defensively. Yeah. Um, in case y'all forgot, this quick reminder about what Lonzo meant to the Bulls last season. Um, the Bulls with Lonzo in the lineup for the first half or so of the season had a had the ninth best rate net rating of plus 2.7 in the NBA and the 17th defensive rating at 109.4 and a record of 27 and 13. Once Lonzo went down, essentially, that net rating fell to a negative 4.6. 21st net rating down from 9th, and from 17th to 27th defensively, mm. going from 109.4 points per possession to 117.4. Wow. Gross. <laughs> I'm going to say Lonzo that. is important <laughs> yeah like that just a huge importance I when we first talked about him when he got here that I kept saying because people were like well you still didn't solve the problem defensively with Vooch I'm like yeah but you put a band-aid on it because the band-aid is Lonzo Ball right and again band-aids aren't meant to hold wounds you know what I'm saying for a very long time but they still can you know salvage and do the job and allow you to still do things all right <laughs> 
But damn, that Band-Aid broke. <laughs> you saw exactly what happened when that wound got exposed again. So, yeah, man, he, he's just vitally important, on the, especially, like you mentioned, on the defensive side of the ball. And I really think him being there and doing that just helped guys like Ayo. Right. You know, making it simple for him to where he didn't have to think when he got in the game, he could kind of float. You know what I mean? Float around and just do different kind of things. He wants to bring the ball up, he can. He wants to just – you saw when – when Lonzo was there, uh, guys, I remember Lonzo. I, I remember Io getting more of those inbound steals, uh, more so than when Lonzo was gone. When after a Bulls bucket, when he would sneak up and just take the ball from someone and you know get that ball back. That was I, I remember, yes, correct. Like like GTA. I remember him doing that more. He wasn't hiding out of bounds and, <laughs> and behind people and coming in and doing it. But I remember him doing that a little bit more because he was more able to float and just you know kind of just. Be easy within the game. And that's what Lonzo does, man. Point guards and move thinking, y'all. And and Lonzo definitely did that for everybody on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. The Bulls defense was kind of like a stool with three legs where one of them was a little bit weak with Vucevic, right? He, it was like there, but it was like a little weak. Right. And the other two in Caruso and Lonzo were like really holding that thing up. Yeah. And then you remove one of the legs, which is Lonzo, and the, just the defense collapsed. The stool was now in pieces on the floor. And that is what you saw in the playoffs for sure. <laughs> and that other stat that you mentioned from that graphic, you threw up big Dave about three point shot creation mm -hmm. and not just taking and making a high volume himself, yeah. but Lonzo's just impeccable court vision, finding open threes that maybe other players don't have the same court vision to find. Correct. And we talked all the time last season about how the bulls low volume of three point attempts. They were skating by earlier in the season because they were still hitting at a high efficiency. Right. And then when they went cold a little bit and also their volume dipped because Lonzo was gone, it was like, well, this is the end of the world. <laughs> that three-point shot creation really, really matters. Yeah, and guys like Zach Levine as well, man. Like, yeah. we saw him doing much more catching shoots when Lonzo was out there, and he's deadly from the catch and shoot. So, yeah, more. <laughs> uh, before we move on, another comment here from Adam. <laughs> Peck's going to have a beer helmet while we're, while weaving baskets and watching Bulls games. It's crazy that you say that because, okay, so you know how I got, you guys know I went on a canoe trip this past weekend, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, if you're in the back Flex. of a two-person canoe, mm -hmm. you really can't put your paddle down for more than half a second if there's a strong current or okay. your canoe's going sideways. You constantly got to be steering from that backside of the canoe, right? Okay. So it's hard to drink a beer and steer a canoe at the same time. And I had a thought while I was canoeing down that river and being frustrated by like, I need to like hurriedly drink a sip of my beer, put it down, pick up my canoe. I was like, I've never in my life had a need for a beer helmet <laughs> until right now. I was like, I could absolutely make use of a beer helmet right now. So I could have both of my hands free yeah. to hold this paddle and keep our canoe heading straight. I, 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 I have things, questions. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait a minute. So you just talked about the difficulty it is to, you know, be in the back of canoe and steer because basically your life it depends on it. And all you can think about is getting something to get you drunker while you're steering something that your life depends on. Why? Okay, okay. Let's not say life dependent. Thank you. Have what you, you ever you're been in a, in a canoe? You're in a canoe and you're staring from the back. He's in a canoe. He's not in a hurling down I, a I'm, river. It's not the Wolf of yeah. Wall Street scene where they're like, it's a little chop. It's, no, yeah. Know. I'm not out to sea. I'm not even in a river that has rapids in it. The Wisconsin <laughs> River is pretty mellow. This time. 
We don't know. Things are changing, Matt. Also, there are life jackets in the canoe, one per person. And you, I hope you had on two. No, I didn't even wear it. It was just you sitting, didn't even wear it. Sitting on my Can feet. I be upset about that, Joey? Him yes. not wearing a life jacket. Yes. All right. It's not comfortable. <laughs> it's, it's your life. The moral of the story is we still need to get Matt a beer helmet. Thank you. That's the moral of the story. Is that I finally found a purpose for a beer helmet because of all of the dumb things. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with Joey? Thank you, man? Joey. Ooh, <laughs> were those were those Modellos? Ah, oh, I man. can go for Modelo right now. I love that Modelo is in the summertime. That is impressive, sir. Well done, Matt. You in shape too? You you were swole up. Congratulations, man. Swole as Luca, apparently. Tell <laughs> oh, that to Mark. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, look okay. at that. Adam says he's been waiting for the Photoshop. Thank you, Joey. <laughs> Joey's, hey, you know, when he's on the other you. laptop, bad things are coming, baby. And by bad, I mean good. <laughs> well done, Joey. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, let's uh, let's talk some Sixers. But before we get to the Sixers, Big Dave, yeah. talk about points bet. Why not? Because the best way to support CHGO is to download the points bet app and use that code CHGO when you sign up. Because if you do that right now, you'll get those two, count them, one, two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars but that's not it if you make a 50 dollar more first time deposit you will receive a free chgo membership which unlocks all of that awesome web content and you'll even get a free t-shirt of your choice where you get it from joey from that chgo laha oh that's two thousand in free bets a free chgo membership and a free t-shirt from that chgo laha all for making a 50 dollar more first time deposit at points bet your home for live in-play betting just got even better. Is your favorite team prime for that comeback? You see an edge of the game that you're watching? Don't just watch that game. Bet along with it live. More live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash outs. I said faster live cash outs. Follow along with your bets the moment they hit and stay in the live action all game long. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game, y'all. Because once that game starts, you don't just bet. Willennium, tell them what they do. You live your bet life. Mmm, silky smooth. Silky smooth and so simple. Mm. So simple. On point. Uh, you know what else is simple? Getting dope Chicago sports merch from FOCO.com. It's simple. Chicago sports fans, you're home for the uh, best Chicago sports coverage, is partnering with the leader in Chicago sports merch and collectibles. CHGO has teamed up with FOCO, FOCO to secure your access to the best collectibles and gear around. Whether it's Bears, Cubs, White Sox, Blackhawks, Bulls, Bulls, FOCO will have something for you, your kid, your friend, your loved one, whoever. Looking to get some new gear, collectibles, or accessories? FOCO has officially licensed gear. That's right, officially licensed gear. Ooh. Not just any gear. No, oh, no. That shit's officially licensed. <laughs> For men, women, kids, anybody. With everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits to Crocs and more. FOCO's got you covered with the best Chicago merch of your favorite teams. So head on over to FOCO.com and be sure to use promo code CHGO when you're checking out to get 10% off all non-presale items. Again, that's FOCO, F-O-C-O.com, promo code CHGO, 10% off all non-presale items. Check them out, FOCO.com. FOCO, FOCO. 
Oh, folk, ho, folk, show. <laughs> I just did it there. I got a million of them, baby. We're going to need to make a million we're, we're, of them. We're going to need a folk, ho, folk, show, folk, Joey. Folk, ho, folk, show. Thank you very much, Niles. Says I had the best ad reads in the world. That's very nice of you to say. Thank you. True very story. Much. Thank you very much. There's very no kind. contest. Very much. Very kind. Very kind. He, he, he is as good at reading ads as, as Ben Simmons is at weaving baskets. <laughs> He's amazing. Pros. Obviously, as you are in making pottery, according to that Photoshop. <laughs> can't be on that level. Or Don't you ever just wait. throw on a beer helmet and make some pottery? Wait, Will, Will, I'm sorry, I didn't even ask. This. What did you make when you were at the pottery class? Thank you for asking, Dave. Mm -hmm. uh, I made a couple of bowls. I made a pitcher and a coffee cup. The rest of oh. them turned out terribly, so I got rid of it. A pitcher? A pitcher. Like, like, like a, a curvy pitcher. pitcher with a handle and a spout and everything? Wow. You're not playing around. Spout and everything. I was not playing around. <laughs> oh, man. I was I like not playing around. These. Don't test like, me when it comes to okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's impressive. I would like to see you yeah. need to bring that picture to the office one day. Yes, I would love to see it's this. delicate, but I will show it to you. When are you yes. calling the handle, back? The by the way, when when are you coming uh, back? I need to see you, and I need to see this picture. <laughs> September. Oh my God! It's, hey, gonna be only, it's only a month away now. How's it freaking August already? Yes, isn't that good? Summer's got to slow down. Means we're closer to October. That's all it means, baby. Closer yeah, to October, baby. Comes with pluses and negatives. Oh, let's deal with the pluses, Matt. Closer to Bulls basketball. Yeah, I like closer that. Closer to Will being back. I, these are wonderful things. I don't like the end of shorts and Burke season. Right. Closer to foot prison season. Foot prison season! <laughs> don't lock them up! Don't lock them up! Foot I know Will wasn't in them foot prisons when he was out on that beach. You know, he was out oh, there no, doing you, his thing. Oh, no, you must have been full, rocking the Burks walking along a beach. Full barefoot. You heard him. Full barefoot. <laughs> My man. That's, that's true free the feet right there. <laughs> true story. <laughs> All right, guys, let's talk about the Sixers. Okay. Um, whew. All right. They finished 51-31. and 31 Nice record. In that three-way tie at whatever that was, two, three, and four yeah. in the East this past season. Via tiebreakers, they ended up as the fourth seed, <laughs> lost to the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference semis. Uh, let's start with their draft situation. They had the 23rd pick coming into the 2022 NBA draft and traded it on draft night, if y'all forgot, for DeAnthony Melton. A lot of people praised the Sixers for this draft night trade. Getting Melton from the Grizzlies in exchange for that 23rd pick, the Grizzlies used that pick to select Colorado State's David Roddy. Danny Green, also included in that trade, longtime vet, has played solid role-player kind of roles on a lot of different deep playoff teams, championship teams, but tore not only his ACL but also his LCL mm. in these 22 playoffs. So... Shedding Danny Green's, I believe, $10 million contract for this coming season and the fact that he's expected to miss most, if not all, this season seems like a home run trade for Philly because Melton yeah. is a dude who can come in and contribute right away. You, you got a better Danny Green. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you did. Better and younger. Better, younger, faster, stronger, and cheaper. Like That's exactly what you did. And Melton, Melton is awesome. He's very good. All right, he is a very, very good on both sides of the floor. He's very good. Uh, and he turned himself into a good three-point shooter in those last two seasons. I believe he was in shooting 40% in the previous season, shooting about, what, 35, 36 in, in the he's, season? He's averaged out to 39% over the last two seasons. That's just amazing stuff right there. Like, he has been really shooting that ball, man. He turned himself into that, so shout out to him for that. Look at his, all his stats. Like, everything went up 
every single year, including this point. So everything got better for Melton every single year. It's a great move um, by, by Philly. I like how they basically said, screw the draft. <laughs> We're trying to win now. We want, think, we want tangible things. And though, that's when you're trying to win a championship. You focus more on tangible things than you do on hope. And getting a guy like Melton is tangible. You see it, you can touch it, you can feel it, just like Athletic Greens. But, yeah, man, it's, it's a great move uh, by Philly, Will, and I think they're going to benefit greatly from it. Yeah, it's a great move. And I think one of, the, one of the biggest things that they struggled with this past year was just a lack of youth and athleticism. They were really slow. Danny Green was a part of that. Obviously, great player, NBA champion times three. But he is a little bit older and slower. And Tobias Harris is not the most athletic. And, you know, Maxi was really the only guy that was getting up and down the floor. So to add another young guy who can really play with some athleticism and shoot, that's just huge for them. And especially when they are pretty shallow in the backcourt, I think he pairs really well with either Harden and or Maxi and can really give you some great off-ball scoring and movement. Uh, great on-ball defender and hopefully makes up for some of what they lost with Danny Green, but really, really like that move. And again, it's the it's the process here. You, you touched on it, Dave. It's going after guys that are going to help you immediately because you have a big hole on the wing. And to get somebody who is both young, athletic, and can shoot um, and then help you out longer term, I just I really like the way that they operated when somebody who they took at 24 was really not going to be you know, ready to contribute at a high level when they're trying to make the finals. Yeah, uh, Charlie in the comments said, I never understood the trade from Memphis's point of view. I, I kind of agree. I mean, unless they were just really that much in love with that with that David Roddy guy, I'm, you're well, maybe they were worried about the next contract for Melton, which was not too far down the road. Got to pay job. He's at eight and a quarter million this season, 23-24. He's at eight million. He's on a de-escalating contract. Uh, there's only 1.5 million guaranteed uh, of that last year. So, I mean, I don't even his contract necessarily shouldn't have been scary from Memphis's point of view. Yeah. I just. That's a, it's like it's a huge win for Philly, basically. Yeah, I think some of it is because they really like uh, Zaire Williams and think he could fill may, maybe a see role of that in the rotation. Melton is expendable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, taking the shot because they're both young. You know what I mean? Like Melton being young, him being young, take that shot there. Because like you said, it's definitely not financial. You know what I'm saying? That's a great contract right there. That's a great word that I've heard a lot of and I learned a lot of just talking to Will. It was de-escalating contract. And, yeah, so when I hear that word now, I get excited. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. You're like, ooh, that means you. Yeah. That's we all know who else has a de-escalating contract. Oh, we do know. We do know, sir. He's seven feet tall, and he's shooting them threes. Man in the middle. <laughs> number nine. Number eight. Wait, what's his number? Nine. Thank you. Almost forgot his number, man. Ain't that messed up? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Vooch. Go ahead, Will. Sorry, Vooch. Um, I don't know. I was just <laughs> going to say, like, Vooch, you know, Vooch is number nine. He's de-escalating. You're right about yes, that. But yes. back to back to Melton, like I I just I really applaud the process there. And it's the same thing with PJ Tucker. Like they identified a window, they identified weaknesses, and they just went out and got it. So I think the Grizzlies are basically just in this moment when they need to figure out who's really a part of their future. And eventually they just decided Melton wasn't going to be part of that core group, whether it's because they really like Dylan Brooks or D- Desmond Bain had that breakout year. Um, they're also just like a tremendous player development program. So maybe they feel like they could get some more out of Laravia and uh, David Roddy. So we'll see. But again, I think 
I really like what the Sixers added with Melton, and I think he gives them a ton of versatility uh, that they were really lacking last year. Yeah, for, for a team also, that finished... Also, Vooch is number nine and has a de-escalating contract. For a team that finished in the top four of their conference and came into the draft with just a pick in the 20s, walking away from draft night with De'Anthony Melton, yeah. home run. Yeah, Absolute real. home the, run the other thing, The other thing to mention there is that they had traded their pick to the Nets in the Ben Simmons-James Harden deal. Right. So the Nets had the opportunity to defer the pick to next year, which they did. Which they did. So they kind of, they're kind of playing with house money here. And they got a really good player that will actually probably help them this year to the point where their pick next year is worse than it may have seemed. So right. I think that really helped them out too. An interesting choice by Brooklyn, uh, maybe thinking that somehow Philly would get worse and therefore that pick would be more valuable this next 23 draft. I, You know the Nets are wild, bro. Yeah, well, I guess well, that's I true. They are was, unpredictable. I think there was some real potential for the Sixers to have a huge backslide next year. They had a huge decision to make with James Harden, which we'll talk about here in a second, but that worked out as well as it possibly could have for the 76ers. It allowed them to get P.J. Tucker. It allowed them to get De'Anthony Melton and get a lot better for next year. Yeah. And basically, you know, when they had when the Nets had to make the decision of whether or not to defer that prior to the draft, they couldn't have known Harden was going to take a pay cut to allow all these things to happen. So, I you know, if they true. had to pay they had to pay Harden forty seven million this mm -hmm. upcoming year. They're getting older. They're not getting any more help. I, you know, I thought it was a, a fair bet to make at the time, but it really did backfire. Speaking yeah. of, let's dive into that. Uh, Joey, let's take a look at what the Sixers did in free agency. And we'll, of course, start with the biggest domino, and that is James Harden. You see there, two years, $68.6 mm -hmm. That is after opting out of his player option on the last year of that deal that would have paid him, as Will said, $47 million and change. Mm -hmm. So he's essentially deciding to take a $14.5 million pay cut for this new contract, this salary for this upcoming season, compared to the old player option. And Harden spoke about this publicly. Uh, Joey, do we have that quote from James Harden that was in Bobby Marks' most recent uh, column from ESPN this morning? Shut out. Saying, I had conversations with Daryl Morey, and it was explained how we could get better and what the market value was for certain players. I told Daryl to improve the roster, sign who we needed to sign, and give me whatever is left over, end quote. Harden gets a lot of flack for being maybe a selfish player at times, for being a not-all-in player at times, for not fully committing to winning, more of a I-just-care-about-strip-clubs-and-et-cetera-et-cetera-than-winning-NBA-championships kind of guy who is an elite talent. This, to me, is a quality move from Harden to say, whatever. He's also got a player option in year two of this new restructured contract. Mm -hmm. So after this season, he can renegotiate again and make more money. But for the immediacy of now, wanting to stay in Philly and wanting to win and letting them spend money elsewhere to bring him help, yeah. I thought it was surprisingly and impressively very unhardened like what about you well two things about it one everything you said is correct yes uh i've been a james harden fan for a while i know i'm in the minority here on it but i like watching him play basketball and i've said that and kendall gill laughs at me when i tell him this and i, I enjoy watching uh james kendall thinks he travels every yeah, possession. every possession <laughs> like, he travels every possession he travels every possession it's free throws and travels 
Um, but I like the way he plays because he broke the game. And I, and I honor people that break the game. And you can't do anything about it. And you know it's coming. And you still can't stop it. Like, the dude, I mean, his run, his numbers speak for themselves. I don't have to go into that. Um, but the stuff he fought through as well, because he was dealing with a hamstring injury that was clearly bothering him, even in uh, that series against the Bucks when he was with the Nets. He came back a little early just because he wanted, you know, to be there for his team and, and try to provide something for them. So I always commended him for that. Um, and he was still – I still didn't think he was still in proper shape yet. You know what I mean? Even that time when he was with uh, the Nets, I still don't think he was there. He looks it now. Like when I was watching him recently, I was like, okay, he looks like he's ready to play. And everything you said is correct. But I still – I was like – I'm listening to him and I'm like – it's a nice way to take all the credit for everything. <laughs> it's a nice way to take credit for all of it. Look, I told him, go get whoever you want. You know what I'm saying? Get this dude and prove the team and just give me what's left over. Yo, I did that. You know, I told Maury that. I'm sure he didn't mean it that way. That's just kind of how I heard it, though. It's still less selfish than just saying, F it, give me my near 50 Agreed. mil this season. Agreed. He, he, very, very true. He could have easily done that and said that. But also, he's playing with Daryl Morey. You know he loves him. And Maury loves uh, James Harden. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't want to break that relationship or anything like that. He's in a good place in Philly. He probably didn't have to move too far going from Jersey to Philly, anything like that, man. He's playing with uh, the MVP caliber guy in Joel Embiid, who is in his prime. You know what I mean? So I don't think it's a reason for him to, you know, just screw the team and not make them better. Mm-hmm. When you've got a chance and an opportunity, Will, to actually uh, go get a championship. I thought it was a really, to your point, Matt, like it was just a mature move on on his part, especially coming after basically like pouting his way out of Houston. And then I don't think he officially ever demanded a trade from the Nets, but he certainly wanted to be out of town. And so to come in and basically say like, not only do I want to be here and re-up with Philly, but I want to do whatever I can to make sure that we're the contender that this team needs to be. Uh, around Joel Embiid because of how good and dominant he is. So I I thought that was a very mature thing for him to do. And it also benefited him, right? Like he has a chance now to, you know, wipe away some of the stain that is on his legacy in terms of folding in the playoffs. He's able to get his two boys to come play with him in Daniel House and PJ Tucker. Like I, I think he's he's set up now in a position where like it's time. It's time for him to not pass the ball away every single time he touches it in the playoffs against the heat. And it's time for him to not go two for 11 every single time, you know, a game six happens. So this is, this is time for Harden. Like if he's going to go down as an all time great player, which he certainly has the, you know, a large part of the accolades to do so. um, This is, this is what needs to happen. He needs to win at a high level and this is his opportunity to do it. And one more thing I want to add to him and give him credit for, he's doing it in a very harsh environment mm-hmm. in Philly. In a oh, place, Philly's the worst. Yeah, he's Philly doing, sports fans are the worst. Yeah, you you saw what they did to Ben Simmons. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you, you saw what happened with them. And Simmons maybe deserves a little bit. Uh, I'm not they saying do he it didn't. To, they do it to athletes who don't deserve but it. But they did it to the fullest. Right, yeah. You know what I'm saying for Ben Simmons? I'm not saying Ben didn't deserve some of it. But that dude didn't want to play basketball anymore based off of that. Harden has been a guy who they've been harsh on saying, you know, he can't take that criticism. He can't be that guy, you know, to step up or stand on something like that. 
you're in Philly. You know what I mean? Like Will said, you can't. He's not going to be passing that ball, be passive or anything like that anymore. I think you're going to see a more aggressive James Harden uh, this season. Strictly one of the reasons is because of where he's playing at. They're not going to allow that, and they're not going not going to be cool for him to have that. And he knows that. I think. Because winning there is going to mean a lot if he brings a championship home there, one of the toughest environments to play in. Yeah, so I thought uh, I read something recently about how the Sixers haven't made it to have the Kings have made it to the conference finals more recently than the Sixers. Is that true? The Kings, the Kongs, the Kings, the Kongs, the Kongs. That's how. Well, that's, so last time the Sixers made it to conference finals was AI, right? Yeah, so yeah, that so would that's be two thousand one. That's true. So it is true. The the Sixers have been just like not as and they've had good teams, but yeah. they, they have Joel Embiid, who is truly an MVP caliber player, arguably could have been this year. Yeah. Um, and like he doesn't stay healthy. So for you to get a full season out of him last year and come that close, like you need to do this and you need to do it now. So this is not only time for Harden, but it's like this is the Sixers window. And we talk about that a lot with the Bulls as far as like how long is the window going to be open with Demar and Vooch at the ages that they are? Same is true for Philly, and they absolutely maximized their opportunity this summer. <laughs> yeah, they, they've, they've had uh, some pretty epically tragic playoff losses too, including the Kawhi quadruple bounce. Yes. Um, I mean, my God, that that's a tough playoff loss. Shout out to Jake in the Super Chats saying, I decided to donate five bucks for the number of three-pointers Ben Simmons has made in his career. Is that true? Has Ben Simmons made five career three-pointers? Honestly, I'd be surprised no, if it was he, that many. I think it would be one. I think it's right, Yeah, I think one. it's more than one. It's but one? He, wow. He's saying he said $5 per three-pointer, and it's a $5 Super Chat. For the number uh, of three-pointers he's made. Oh, oh, Jake said it didn't let me. I tried. Um, <laughs> Jake also brought up something else interesting in the comments, saying, because people in the comments have been debating about just how good Harden can still be. Is he still elite superstar Harden, or is he starting to fall off? And maybe whether it was Houston or Brooklyn seeing his performances sag a little bit. Jake said the Sixers don't need the old Harden to win it all. Tyrese Maxey will take the third-year leap along with improved depth. He has to be efficient, but his playmaking for others is more important than scoring. And look, mm -hmm. Harden still, I believe, flirted with like a 20-point triple-double in the playoffs mm -hmm. um, for, for Philly. So he can still bring a lot, but it is this depth that we're talking about which could make Philly a much more dangerous team and a team that finally gets past that conference semi-round that they haven't able to to uh to get past ever mm. will you mentioned some of his old his old pals from houston pj tucker and uh daniel house joe you want to throw that free agent uh list graphic up again tucker got signed on three years 33.2 million that was a little above the bulls price range if the bulls were as reported maybe interested in tucker mm -hmm. uh house a modest two years 8.4 um what do you guys think about the three and 33 for Tucker, knowing that in the final year of that deal, he's going to be like 40, right? 40 years yeah. old, maybe yeah. going on 41. If it gets them a championship this season, it's absolutely worth it. And I, I don't care that maybe the back end of that deal is a little too rich for a, you know, arthritic PJ Tucker. If he can do for them what he did for the bucks yeah. two years ago and what he did for Miami last season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, P.J. Tucker has shown those last two seeds. You get P.J. Tucker, it means wins. It means you're going far in the playoffs. 
a championship and then a conference finals, a game seven uh, that came down to a final shot. Uh, P.J. Tucker is impactful in so many ways on, on the floor. Of course, from the three-point shooting, we know, all know about the corner um, that he is just, you know, gold from. But it's those little tiny things that he always will bring. Can guard any position, can play all five positions. We saw him play center. You know what I'm saying? We've seen this before. And also, he has a relationship with James Harden. You know what I'm saying? Like, he has that relationship with him. Like, they're cool with each other. I think it's a great space for him to be in Philly doing this, man. Like, it just feels like, Will, like, that's the kind of team he should be with. Like, it's just, like, that's his kind of vibe, you know? So, I think it's a good move getting P.J. Tucker. And I was like, man, that kind of really elevates that team from where they were last year. And I, I expect big things because of that, honestly. You want to know what they did? They brought continuity to the roster because – Harden has already played with PJ Tucker and Daniel House. They added a ton of three-point shooting. Uh, Zach Lowe always mentions this on the low post. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but like the points per possession when you put Harden and Embiid and pick and roll together is still far and away the most lethal duo in the league. Mm -hmm. And so you put spacing around that. You put super dynamic scoring in Tyrese Maxey around that and three and D players like D'Anthony Melton, PJ Tucker, and Tobias Harris around that. Like that's a really, really dangerous team. Um, and that's kind of what the the Rockets always wanted to be during their sort of peak years with Chris Paul and and Harden, uh, where they had Capella just rim rolling and, and catching lobs. Like they never had that true post threat. And now they have the best post-scoring player in the league and a, an incredible playmaker and facilitator in his own right, that duo is just going to be incredibly deadly. And so you absolutely have to just optimize them as much as possible. I think PJ Tucker does that. And I totally agree with you, Matt. Like if they win, no matter how bad the, the last year or two of that contract look, it doesn't matter. And they're absolutely good enough to now to win the championship, I think. You mentioned Tobias Harris just now, Will. He is still, that's right, still on that insane Tobias Harris contract. What a contract. This coming season will be season four of five. It was a five-year 180, which at the time for Tobias Harris sounded ridiculous. Yeah. And now we're getting to these contracts where star players are, you know, uh, eclipsing the 200 million mark right, and, right. and then some. Right. So he's making 37.6 this season. Okay. 39.2 in the final one. Okay. And, hey, overpaid, yeah, but still a very valuable piece to that Sixers team as you speak about continuity, Will. And they have other pieces coming back in addition to the additions of House and Tucker. Uh, somebody in the comments was talking about Tyrese Maxey earlier. He, I believe, was ranked um, higher than not only Lonzo Ball but lots of people uh, in that hoops hype ranking. He could be due for a breakout season. Yeah. He already was a huge piece of that Sixers team last year. You still got Matisse Thibault, hell of a defender. You got our guy, freaking Corkmaz. Corkmaz, speaking of three-point shooting. You got Shake Milton. You got Georges Niang. Like, yeah. there, there is depth and then depth and then more depth on yeah. this Sixers team. Yeah, they're, they're just set up to win. Honestly, they're set up to win. And shout out Doc Rivers, too. I know Doc takes a lot of criticism. Being a coach, but that dude's a damn good coach. All right, his record backs it up. Got a ring with it too. Is he now? He's you get a ring, you're a good coach. <laughs> That's one of my things. Like he won. Like what you want me to say? He won. Um, but yeah, man. Like they, they, everything about them is just like we're set up to win, and we're set up to win right now. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting going in because they're accepting all the weight 
that's being put on them, and they're recognizing it, and they can't wait to get started. And, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, man. And hopefully when they play these Bulls, we might actually get a – can we get a win against the Philly team one time? Because even with their struggles through all these playoffs, they've still been beating the Bulls, man. B still has not lost to the Chicago Bulls, man. So, yeah, it's tough. Also, just real quick, they also signed Travellan Quinn, who was the G League MVP last year. Uh, he can he can put up some numbers. He's got good size. He's six six, but averaged twenty two a game on forty six percent shooting last year in the G League. Did not look great in summer league, but I think he's a player. So that's another guy that they can add to their depth. And you know, we talk about it a lot for the Bulls too. It's like you need to be able to win now, but also develop younger guys that can hopefully contribute. And that could be Queen. Eight million for Daniel House surprised me a little. I, I know he's a solid three and D player, but mm-hmm. God, it's a good, who are they bidding against? Like, it's a, God, it's a great, it's a great role for him. Just yeah. be James Harden's buddy, you know, yeah, and you'll get a contract. Just, I just think of the bubble every time I think of Daniel House, though. I, he I was good he, for those Rockets teams. Like he was a good three and D guy. He was he's like the perfect guy to play alongside Harden in that role, yeah. but. You know, getting kicked out the bubble. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, with the whole, like, the, yeah, on the first yeah. day. Yeah, first right. He was Idiot. out of there like, yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> I got to be free. Um, okay, so before we get, move to our grades for the Sixers offseason and where we project them to finish in the tiers of the East next season, Big Dave, hit us with the Owen, would you please? Oh, all across the face with the Owen, that 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works as hard as Joey, as Will, as Matt does, y'all. It's free of artificial ingredients. It's allergen-friendly. It's no gluten or dairy, and it is easily digestible, so it is good to your stomach. And you know who else is down with this? That man, Matt, who they call QB1. Justin Fields, ladies and gentlemen, he definitely is down with some Owen. So that means you should be too. And Owen and CHGO have partnered up to give you guys this amazing offer. You can get 20%, that's white, 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. Just use that code CHGO20. That's liveowen.com. Use the code CHGO20 to get 20% off your first purchase purchase so why don't you join us and join justin fields qb1 and try owen because owen only what you need that's what it stands for but as we all know a wins joey a win mm, that's the no look <laughs> he was on it he told me he was ready he told me he was on it no He's look, been on it. No look like Lonzo. He's Daniel House to your James Harden. <laughs> no! Uh, all right, y'all. Let's take a look at our grades for the Sixers and our projections for where they will finish in the East this upcoming season. I gave them an A-, minus, and the only reason I put a minus on it is because I couldn't stand to give a different team in the East that wasn't the Bulls a full-blown A. I don't like it. Couldn't do it. But this was a... Very, very strong offseason for the Sixers, in my opinion. In every which way, the Melton acquisition on draft night, mm-hmm. getting Harden to take that pay cut so that they could add in complimentary pieces like yeah. House, like P.J. Tucker, and retaining yeah. all of their other core pieces, that's a win of an offseason. Big Dave, I see mm-hmm. you have a B. Yeah, I gave. I thought a B was good. <laughs> like, I was like, it's good. I like what they did. I thought what they did was great. They got better. They improved. They're like, 
we're really going for a championship, like all the things you mentioned, you know, getting guys like P.J. Tucker, Daniel House, making the trade for Melton. I, I loved uh, all of it, of, of what they did. Um, I think I probably gave them a B uh, strictly because of the non-name that wasn't there, like wasn't a huge name. And I think that's the only like reason. Like they didn't add Kevin Durant to or the something Sixers. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think that's the only reason. You know what I mean? That might be the only reason. So, yeah, I can, you want to toss somebody up there? You can. But I don't have a problem with it. But, yeah, they're excellent, incredible offseason for that team. Yeah, I think I'm somewhere in the middle, um, probably actually closer to what Matt had. But, you know, the the rest of the league's sort of offseason doesn't really – effect for me that much but i i really like what they did i don't think they to your point dave like added anybody that's going to immediately put them over the top and i think i kind of reserve the a plus for that but as i said before really like melton i think he's always been underrated and underappreciated in memphis and now has an opportunity to step into a bigger role with philly pj tucker i think another reason why i probably didn't go a plus there is just because of what that contract could look like and where they sort of map out cap-wise uh, the next year or two. But um, the the last thing I think that I struggle with for them and just grading them is like, it seemed kind of like a lot of the stuff happened to them in a way that was very lucky. Like the fact that Harden was willing to, you know, take a little bit less money allowed them to get PJ Tucker, right? And that, I mean, maybe like Maury just convinced him, but it seemed like that was just kind of like Harden being nice. And same thing with the draft pick. Like they got kind of lucky that they were able to use that draft pick to trade for Melton because the Nets deferred until next year. So some of it just kind of happened to them, which I don't know if you could like really discredit them for that, but I don't think it was like necessarily a perfect offseason, but very, very good. Very good. Very good, which is why we all have them in that top three tier, correct? Yeah. yeah so we all agreed that after evaluating what Boston did this offseason, what Milwaukee did this offseason, and now what Philly has done this offseason, we all have them, those three teams as finishing somewhere in whatever order between the three of them as the top three teams in the East next season. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's what it is. And it was like that coming into this season, I thought, you know, as far as projections and what teams would be. Uh, so, yeah, going into this season that's coming up, yeah, the top three, man, and and, and I think I like what Will said there at the end because that A is reserved for, you know, it's it's not like they're shoe-ins, you know what I'm saying, for that kind of champ. It's the fact they're going for it. And I think that is key terminology right there that he's using, going for the championship. Right. Not shoe-ins for it, but they're definitely going all in and have the pieces to go all in for it. Yeah, and I think they're right there. I mean, you we talked about this with the Heat, but, like, they removed a great, important role player from Miami and added him to their team knowing what he's going to look like next to Harden. And so I think for me, that's what puts them into the top three. I may regret this because Miami just always wins and does it at a super high level. And maybe they end up in the top four, like injuries to any of these team, any of these teams could completely change that. But um, I think for them to get as good as they did, and I think they're, they're now on the same level as probably Maybe not the same level as the Bucks and the Celtics, but half step below. I think they're now a half step above the Heat as well. So that's where I kind of peg them out at the moment. Um, a lot could change, obviously, with Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell, et cetera. But yeah, I really like what they did, um, and I think they're they're just really well set up now to compete at the highest level. 
Yeah, Niles in the comments asked, are they better than Boston now, though? Big, it sounds like, Will, you say still not quite on that level of the Celtics. Big Dave, what about you? Yeah, they're not right there on that Celtics level yet. You know what I mean? Like, if they lost in a game seven, or if it was a game seven against them in Boston, I'd be picking Boston. Mm -hmm. You know, strictly off of the talent and the experience that they've had right there. But, yeah, they're good enough. You know what I mean? Like, they're good enough. If the East wasn't so deep as it's been or so top-heavy, uh, as it's been, like, it was a few years ago like that. Yeah, you'd be like, this team right here, Philly. They're the ones, they're going in, they're going to do it. But, unfortunately, the Bulls in this, and the Heat are in this, and the Bucks are in this, and Boston's in this, mm. and, and the Hawks, who I'm sure we'll talk about, right. are in this, man. So, it's a lot of teams that got to contend with. So, we've now done the top four teams who finished top four this past season, evaluating what they've done in the offseason. We've done Philly, Boston, Milwaukee, Miami. Now, starting next week, we'll continue doing these, but we're going to get into the really interesting nitty-gritty part of the East, yes. which is where are the Bulls between what did Atlanta do this offseason, DeJounte Murray? Where are the Cavs? Are they ready with that young core to take a step forward? Yeah. What's going to go on with Brooklyn? I mean, yeah. the middle of the East is going to be a freaking circus. Yes. So it'll, it'll be really fun to continue doing these as we get into that tier of the East because it seems like consensus is – the top of the East is the top of the East. It's right. where does the bull, where do the Bulls stack up against these other teams, and what do they do this offseason? Right, and that's going to be fun to break down, man. So you all stay tuned for that because it's more fun on the way. More fun on the way. Speaking of which, live in studio one more time this week. Tomorrow, 3 p.m. usual time, we're going to talk about Hoops Hype's shooting guard rankings, which are also out, and where Zach Levine ended up on that list. Hint, it's higher than where Lonzo is on the point guard list. <laughs> Safe bet. By a bit. Safe bet. And then after that, we're going to do some fun AMA stuff. Anything that's on your mind, hit us up in our CHGO Bulls Discord. Hit us up. Uh, we tweeted about it. You can hit us up on Twitter, CHGO underscore Bulls. Or just come back and join us in the live YouTube chat and throw us any questions in the live YouTube chat. Yeah. Speaking of which, Hayes, I see you. Appreciate you. Much love to you, buddy. Shout out. Um, anything else, Will, Dave? No, I'm good. Will can go back to the beach. Get we back good, to the man. beach, you barefooted crazy person. <laughs> Well, actually, one thing is you should read my story from today about Patrick Williams and his funky one-handed yes. jump shot because it, it was. It was I, I will tell you this, Will. When when I saw your pun, what, what was it, Paul? What did you say again, Paul uh, Harrington? What was it? Potented. Was, like when patented, I saw that. Potented. Dude, when I saw it, I almost threw my iPad across the room. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it. I had. It was <laughs> I had to do it. What do you know? <laughs> Turns out throwing things can be fun. <laughs> I said almost, Matt. Almost. There's a difference. There's give, a difference. Give in to the temptation. <laughs> no. Just give no, in. No, no, no. Just let it happen. No, 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 man. <laughs> <laughs> Great article, though, man. We'll do it. Uh, all excellent, right, y'all. Excellent job um, stick around. Keep it here on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. White Sox lead the Royals 4-1 to right now, middle of the sixth. Woo! We'll have White Sox postgame. And then we got Cubs cards, 645 first pitch. After the conclusion of that game, we'll have Cubs postgame for you as well. Until tomorrow, for our guy Joey, operating everything behind the controls, making ridiculous photoshops. <laughs> Love that beer helmet. Joey! For Big Dave, who is at Bow BNWL Sports. For Will to go Gottlieb, who is at Won't Gottlieb. I'm, I'm Peck, Bulls underscore Peck on Twitter. Beat. Thanks for hanging out, Bulls Nation. Hit that thumbs up if you liked what you saw on Twitter, uh, I mean on YouTube today. Mm -hmm. Helps us out a lot. We'll talk to you tomorrow. As Niles just said in the comments, see red be good. <laughs>